KMTT, Ki Mitzion Tetzay Torah, welcome back. And today is Wednesday, and in this summer's man, the Wednesday share will be given by Harav Moshe Tarragon, a share on ethical character, midot, ethical attributes and character. Harav Moshe Tarragon. Chazal describe the five Talmidim of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Each of them had different nicknames. Their nicknames, of course, were based on their religious persona, their different religious traits and skills. Um, Eliezer ben Herkinus was called the Bar Sij, an insulated um, well. doesn't allow the water to become absorbed and thereby lost. Shimon ben Netanel was an Aruga in the Midbar, Shemechazekes Memeha, types of cactus plants that grow in the desert that can withhold and retain their water even though water is a bit sparse and scarce. One of his Talmidim was Elazar ben Arach. And Elazar ben Arach was called the Nachal Shotef in a Mayan HaMizgaber, a uh, streaming river and a, a, a forceful or rigorous spring. Evidently speaking, of course, all of his Talmidim were nicknamed based on their relationship to Torah, to water, Containing water, retaining water. Hazar ben Arach's water was um, was overflowing. Misgabrin was forceful, was rigorous, and was shared by others because it was uncontainable. At one point, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, the Rebbe of these five Talmidim, challenged, or so to speak, tested his Talmidim to locate the central cardinal religious feature, the religious trait which is the basis or the foundation of all religion. What is the one trait? There are many traits important in religious consciousness and religious character, but Yochanan and Zakkai challenges Talmidim to come up with the central one, the, the primary one. So one of them mentioned Ayin Tova, generosity, one of them mentioned Chavar Tov, friendship, one mentioned neighborship or neighborly relations, Shachin Tov, Isha Tova. Laza ben Arach entered and he said, Leif Tov Lashamayim. Valev Tov Labrios, a pure and simple and good and virtuous heart, both to heaven as well as to others. Amar Lahem, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai announced to his Talmidim, ben Arach. I agree, I acknowledge Rabbi Lazar ben Arach's statement, because all of your traits and virtues are attainable through his concept, through his notion of Leif Tov. Elizabeth ben Arach, of course, was describing a well-known concept that chesed is the portal, is the entryway into general religion. This is, after all, the connotation or the intention of Rabbi Akiva. It's not just an important mitzvah, but it's a mitzvah which is a klal, which is a paradigm, which is a template from which other mitzvahs can be derived. It was foreshadowed in the story with Hillel, the Gemara and Shabbos, Daflamid Aleph, hundreds of years before Rabbi Akiva. Hillel was approached by a ger, a potential ger, a candidate to convert, and the conversion was presumed or was purported to be performed quickly and immediately. And Shammai, of course, was a purist and realized that conversion to Judaism is a prolonged process, so he disdained this potential convert. Whereas Hillel was willing to, as we would say, play ball and compromise. And Hillel told him, he paraphrased, the statement of the Torah, Vihaftal Recha Kamocha, 
he crystallized it in more practical terms, not just to love your neighbor, but do unto others as you would do unto yourself. The exact phraseology was don't do unto others as you would not have do, done upon yourself. And Hillel told his gear, Zui Kala this is the gist, the essence of the Torah, Idach Perusha, the rest is just the explanation, Zilgamar. You can tackle that, you can extrapolate that independently. But once you succeed in Chesed, then you have achieved a baseline for Kala Tarakula. So the notion that as Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai congratulated Rabbi Lazar, Bechlal Devrechem, Devarav, or actually not Bechlal Devrechem, Bechlal Devarav Devrechem, that his notion of Leif Tov encapsulates or incorporates all of your suggestions that kindness, virtue, sensitivity is a um, as a baseline and an access point to all of religion, that's a notion which is already uh, well well established and well founded, both in the Akiva statement as well as in Hillel's story. What makes this story interesting is the way that Rabbi ben Arach phrased it. He didn't phrase it Kamilas Chasadim. He didn't phrase it Kamocha. Rather, he spoke about a leiv tov. Leiv tov is suggestive. Is suggestive of almost a pure, noble simplicity and virtue, even independent of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's legislative demand of Torah mitzvahs. Uh, innate, inherent, almost natural, native purity, a pure heart. A pure heart to man, and a pure heart to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Lev tov l'ashamayim, the lev tov l'abriyos, Arach said. Now, of course, we believe that once HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands us at Har Sinai, there are 613 mitzvahs. So the legislative body of mitzvahs becomes the cornerstone of religious identity. And not only that, but if HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded it, we believe that it's also right and, and virtuous for the human experience. It's redemptive. Which I mentioned in previous year, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands it, it's also appropriate and suitable for human growth and prosperity. But the evolution of halacha does not and must not eliminate the innate and native purity and virtue of a human heart that existed before halacha evolved and can still direct moral experience even after halacha develops. This is a notion which Rev Lichtenstein has written a very well-known article, Is There an Ethic Independent of Halacha? It's been recently reprinted in the, his collected writings. And it's based, of course, upon the very famous Pasuk in Devarim Perek Vav, Pasuk Yudchas, V'yasisa ha-yashar v'hatav b'ene Hashem, l'man yitav lach uvasav yirashtas haretz ha-tavar sh'nishba Hashem l'avosecha, a passage which exhorts us not just to fulfill what we are commanded or obligated to perform, but what we sense is right, is appropriate, is tov and yashar, even if HaKadosh Baruch Hu hadn't commanded it, and even if HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands it, we should still fulfill it, not only because the Rabbana Shalom commanded it, but because we sense its native yashras. The uh, first Sefer of the Torah, Sefer Bereshis, is nicknamed by Chazal Sefer HaYisharim, the book of the um, straight and virtuous ones. Because the others discovered HaKadosh Baruch Hu through their yashras, through their innate, natural, instinctive purity of intent, purity of behavior. They didn't experience mitzvahs, certainly not in the same normative fashion of the post-Sanaitic experience. 
Chazal speak about Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov intuiting mitzvahs. Their kidneys began to speak mitzvahs to them. They ate matzah, they kept Eruvin. But it's highly unlikely that they maintained halacha in the exact, precise manner which we do. And independent of the level of precision, whatever halacha they were keeping was primordial. Their primary access to Kedush Baruch Hu was their virtue, was their integrity. Um, their willingness, as the Nitziv notes in his introduction to Sefer Bracious, to treat people with respect, <coughs> to um, absorb concessions which were painful, which seemed to be self-defeating, which were harmful, um, whether it's Avraham's quiet and calm negotiation with the people of Hebron over a small plot of land for his wife, a negotiation which could have been conducted in a more forceful and assertive manner. After all, he was the rightful owner of this entire land, and he shouldn't have to beg and haggle for a small little plot for his wife, whether it was Yitzchak's confidence and treaties with Avimelech, who had overstepped his boundaries and ruining the, gra- the wells which Avram had dug, or whether it was Yaakov's constant pacification, reconciliation with the Lovens and the Esavs, we do witness in the Avos, not just ethics and morality, but integrity and pure native virtue. And they fulfill this Pasuk of the Asita Hayashar V'Hatov even before it was a Pasuk. But essentially what Rabbi Lazar ben Arach was exclaiming was the trade of Leiv Tov. The trade of purity, kindness, a good heart, a kind disposition. Halacha recognizes that value. Um, sometimes demanding or at least encouraging behavior, as we would say, beyond the letter of the law, but in accordance with the spirit of the law. It's a very interesting story in Bav Metziah, Pei Gimel, about some porters who are carrying barrels on behalf of on behalf of Rabbi Barbar Chana. It's a Gemara in Bav Metziah, Pei Gimel. Hanu Shkulai Chavisa Chamra. So there were some uh, porters that broke the barrels of wine which they were relocating for Rabbi Barbar Chana. And, of course, Rabbi Barbarchana grabbed their clothing as collateral to secure payment for the lost wine, for the broken barrels. So these porters, who were indigent, approached Rav the Posek, and they asked Rav to help them reacquire their garments. They had no money to pay. They couldn't pay. They had no insurance. They couldn't pay for the broken barrels, and they wanted their garments back. So Rabbi Barbarchana was ordered by Rav the Posek to restore their clothing and to exonerate them from their debt. So Rav Barbarachana turns to Rav and says, Dinahachi, am I obligated to? So Amrulaisa Rav says, In, yes, you're obligated to. And he cites a Pusik in Mishlei. You should follow the way of the righteous, of the proper. We very, very rarely issue a Psak based on a Pusik in Mishlei. And clearly, based on the letter of the law, Rav Barbarachana was correct. He could have prosecuted them and recovered his funds and maintained or withheld that garment as collateral. Yavli Glimayu, but responding to Rav's request, Rav's suggestion, Rav's almost uh, expectation that he act not just in accordance, not just in accordance, in accordance with the spirit of the law, not just the letter of the law. At that stage, these clumsy porters, these irresponsible movers, actually turned to Rav Babarachana and asked for their payment. Not only did they seek to be acquitted, from responsibility or culpability for the lost barrel and the ruined wine, they actually felt that they should be paid for their efforts, which is astonishing. It's an astounding claim because they had failed in their task. They hadn't fulfilled their requested task and 
perhaps uh, they should be excused because they were poor, they were impoverished, but that they should actually receive their payment. They complained, Ani Anan, we're poor, Vitarchinan Kuliyama, we have work for you the entire day, Veleslan Mide, we have no other source of income. And at this point, you can imagine the shock, the, uh, the, the wonder on the face of Rabbi Brachana. I should actually pay you for breaking my wine and ruining my wine and breaking my barrels. And he turns to Rav, and Rav orders him, or again encourages him, Olei Habigrayu, pay their salaries, to which Rav Babrachanan questions, Amorlei Dinahachi, is this the rule? Is this the law? Amorlei In. Rav says, correct it is, and he cites the conclusion of that Pasuk in Mishlei, Ve'archot Sadikim Tishmor. So this is just one instance in which the Gemara records a story. Now again, this could be a specific standard expected of Rav Babrachanan, who was one of the members of the Amorayim, and perhaps higher standards, higher um, expectations were lodged by Rav the Posek. There's an interesting parallel story in the Ishami, almost the exact same story, but in this instance, the victim, so to speak, of the broken barrels was not Rav Babrachanan, but just an average person, suggesting that these higher standards and expectations may even be um, demanded or expected of an average person, not just of unique um, and um, accomplished uh, academically accomplished individuals. Um, without question, there are some moments in halacha where halacha institutionalizes this extra-legal ethic and demands that we act in accordance with our inner sense of right and wrong, even if halacha itself does not demand of us. The Mishnah in Perkei Avos describes the meat of stone. Shali, shali, shalcha, shalcha, a person that says, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. So according to one position in the Mishnah, Avos Perakei, Mishnah Yod, that's a midah benonis. That's sort of like an average position. You're not stealing, you're not um, um, uniquely generous. It's sort of average. It's um, what we would call um, um, the, the median. Yeshom, this is a descending opinion, that this position is midas stom. This is the mannerisms or the behavior of stom. Is actually a very interesting maharal because to impute this type of behavior to stone seems to be underrating or um, understating their evil, their their true color. The stories we read about stone, the cruelty, the brutality, the wickedness, the selfishness, seems to be much more extravagant than merely people who protected their own possessions and were. Um, stingy, miserly, and sharing, shali, shali, vishelcha, shulcha. So Maral actually describes a very interesting development where first the city of stone was so affluent, and we hear about their affluence already in Parshat Lech Lecha, when Lot chooses the affluent green pasture lands of stone of the dusty desert plains, which his uncle Avram chooses, or is left with. And once they're affluent, they abdicate the need for need. They no longer have dependency because they can all afford their own assistance, their own resources, their own services. Once they abdicate the need for need, they no longer possess the requirement or the, or the, the, the need to be dependent on others. They're all self-sufficient. And that self-sufficiency creates a state where law is protected, law is um, sanctified, and the rights of all are protected, but the rights of none are acted upon out of the box. Everyone has sufficient funds and resources for their own provision. And at that point, there's a slippery fall, or quick fall, down the slippery slope into cruelty, into, into abject evil. Once you reach the state where people don't act outside of the box, where chased, 
dissolves, where there's basically enough affluence that people at least delude themselves into believing that each person is self-sufficient and no one has to act out of the box, imaginative in a selfless fashion, then society begins to disintegrate or crumble under the weight of its own legality, of its own respect for law. Sometimes in Western civilization we encounter that, that people are too affluent for their own good, and the society loses that codependency, and the fissures in the social economic fabric begin to, begin to show, begin to wear. Chazal sensed the danger of stone-like behavior, we call it sodomy, but that refers to sexual perversion or sexual aberration, but stone-like behavior for Chazal um, was uh, something which, a peril, which evolved in a situation where a person has nothing to lose just by doing a favor for a friend. So, for example, one example where we are kofin al midas stone, where we actually enforce against stone-like behavior. And it seems to be not just a suggestion, but an enforcement, and not just for um, educated, accomplished, pious members of society, but for every man. The Gemara in Bava Metziah, if I'm selling my land, and my neighbor offers market price, I have a legal and enforceable responsibility to sell it to him prior to selling to other um, potential buyers, potential purchasers. Now, in a pure market, a pure capitalistic market, in a laissez-faire environment, the seller can sell to wherever he chooses. But halacha demands an extra-legal moral sensitivity because the neighbor, by purchasing my land, can consolidate his fields and maximize his uh, resources and his labor. Whereas if I sell it to a foreigner, then each person has a single tract of land rather than one person possessing a dual tract of land. The Gemara speaks about this dina de barmetzra, the laws of a bar mitzvah, the laws of a neighbor who has first right to purchase my land, and we can enforce that purchase because for the seller to, um, to insist upon selling it to him wherever he chooses, that would be stone-like behavior. What difference does it make to you, we could tell him? You're receiving the same value, you're receiving the same purchase price. Misalkinally, we can actually either remove the seller forcibly, or we can remove a non-neighbor purchaser in the hopes of offering it to the neighbor if he didn't act upon this doctrine, because of that Pasuk in Devarim, which is enforceable, which is actionable. So there's some moments in which we encourage Leif Tov perhaps to certain members of society. There are other moments in which it's actually, as ironic as it sounds, becomes part of the system, becomes part of an enforceable legal system. Don't just follow Halacha, follow the segment of Halacha that expects kind-heartedness that expects pure, virtuous behavior. Those are just some halachic examples, but the trade itself of a good, edel, kind heart, again, the Ben Arach statement, Leif Tov L'Hashamayim V'Leif Tov L'Abrios, bridging the world of ethics and the world of ritual. Leif Tov L'Hashamayim, person who has kindness and just integrity when it comes to religious, may not need a Shulchan Arach. It's a very interesting statement by Albert Camus, a very, very well-known French existentialist, and he once said that integrity has no need of laws. Now, in the religious plane, we can't extrapolate. Obviously, just because a person has integrity doesn't assume that he'll submit to God's will, adhere to ritual, study uh, the, the world of halacha, or the world of Torah, but to a degree that kindness and yashros is an asset within Avodah Hashem. And some people possess it naturally, and other people have to develop it or cultivate it. Um, one such individual who possessed it naturally was Moshe Rabbeinu. 
Moshe Rabbeinu is introduced in Shmos Perak Beis, Vayelech Ishmi Beis Levi, Vayikach Ez Bas Levi, Vatara Yishav Vateled Bein, Vatera Sokitavu. She saw that there was a, a goodness and a virtue which sprung from Moshe. Very interesting parallel to the creation of the world, the creation of history and of redemptive history through the birth of Moshe is parallel to the creation of our material world in Parshas Bereshis. Vayar Sokitavu, Hashem saw the world and it was good and it was just and it was appropriate. Chazal actually say that Moshe's nicknames were either Tov, according to Rabbi Meir, as a statement in the Medrash, or according to Rabbi Oshia, not just Tov, but Tovia, um, uh, uh, not just the innate kindness, but innate kindness that radiated towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu or radiated from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But either way, we know very little about Moshe when he's selected at that bush, at the Sneh. Asura Vayar Hashem Kisar Laras Vayar Mitoch Hashem speaks him from the Sneh. We don't see any patently religious accomplishments on Moshe's behalf, but we do see he's just a good person in name, in birth, and in the few selected instances or moments which are on display, where it's Moshe empathizing with his brothers, Moshe trying to stem this fiery uh, debate or dispute between Dustin and Aviram, or even Moshe acting kindly to Gentile, kindly to animals, uh, we don't really see the acting kindly to animals, but we do see he's a shepherd, and Chazal fill in the expected stories of his sensitivity to animals. So the ability to cultivate that kind-heartedness, and that kind-heartedness almost independent of halacha, is not just um, evinced in Rebbe Lezabin Arach's statement, but in the history of Moshe, who was born as someone referred to as Tov, and was nicknamed as such, and the warrant or the basis of his selection seems to be not his erudition, his scholarship, or his religious behavior, but just his kind-heartedness. Um, Chazal speak about this in many different variations. Um, Perkeyavos describes um, the goal of Oheves Abrios. Kesad melame Adam Oheves Abrios a person should be a lover of humanity and not a misanthrope. And presumably, this statement is not referring to Jews and to the legal parameters of sinaschinam or the Yisr of sinna, Evidently, the Mishnah is encouraging a broader embrace, respect, concern for humanity and not a misanthropy. And in Avas Rebbe Nassan in Parakyud Beis, the Ohevis Abrios condition is elaborated upon. The Mishnah describes the difference between two ancient generations, one of which was punished very severely, one of which was annihilated. The people of Dora Flaga, who, who built a tower and perhaps rebelled against God, at least the way Chazal spin the story, they weren't annihilated, they weren't murdered, they were just scattered. The people of Stone, the Mishnah says, Mitoch Shahayusonim Zehazeh, Avdam Akarish Barcho, Ibdam Akarish Barcho Minaolan. Anchi Dara Flaga the Mishnah, Novus Drivnaz and Zeh Shahayu Avim Zehazeh. In fact, they were in such concert and solidarity that they pooled their efforts and began to uh, build towers and cities and, and industrialize and endorse or empower themselves technologically for joint projects. Hava. There's a community of effort, a solidarity of purpose, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu recognized and relished that unity of purpose, and, so to speak, took that into account, even though they rebelled, and even though they had to be scattered, they weren't killed. 
they weren't eliminated. But the door of stone, in the next parsha, their misanthropy, their hatred, their contempt for humanity, their lack of any moral decency, of basic kindness, was the warrant for their ultimate um, elimination. Anshe stone, ra'im vachataim lashem miod. Perhaps the word ra'im connotes not just their violation of certain mitzvahs, but their inner moral decay, lack of basic human decency, lack of any leif tov. And the ensuing Mishnah, in this case, um, in Perak Tezayin, the first Mishnah of Oivis Abrios appears in Perak Yudbeis, the Mishnah describing the antithesis, Sinas Abrios, Ketzad, it's in Perak Tezayin, Milamed, Shelo Yichavein Adam Lomar, Ehovis Achachamim, a person shouldn't select who he chooses to love based on who he admires, who he chooses to embrace based on whose lifestyle he endorses. Well, I'll love the Tamid Chachamim, but I'll disdain the uh, students or disciples that haven't yet reached a certain level. Or I'll, uh, I'll embrace and extend my emotional support and recognition to Tamidim, but I'll despise and contempt Amiharitz, who are completely uh, detached from the world of Torah. Ella, the Mishnah demands, Ahovitz Kulam. Embrace all with kindness, with basic human decency. There are two that are candidates, legitimate candidates, halachic and moral, people that have turned their back on basic tenets of Judaism. They've converted to other religions, Mishumadim. They have um, denied the basic principles of Torah, the Minim. But in the absence of such absolute betrayal of Jewish experience, every person should be embraced, every person should be loved, and that experience is again both a reflection as well as a um, as well as a stimulus or a stimulant for the Leif Tov which Elizabeth ben Arach spoke of. And when the Mishnah speaks about everyone, obviously, it extends that interest and that concern to Gentiles. Kiva claimed, after the Kamocha, the mitzvah of chesed is extendable only to reacha. The Gemara interprets reacha to refer to reacha the mitzvah. So if it were just to be after the reacha kamocha, perhaps a Gentile who isn't part of the mitzvah performing or the mitzvah obligated community, which Am Yisrael has been selected towards, may not be included as potential beneficiaries of chesed. But by describing as Chazal do Ahoves Abrios, Chazal are essentially demanding that we view a Nachri as a legitimate, a guy as a legitimate candidate for our concern, for our chesed, for our recognition of Selim Elokim. Even Rabbi Akiva, who was a bit, one could say, national or um, parochial in his description of Ve'yavtah Recha Kamocha as a Klagada Batara, recognizing as we do that the term Re'acha would limit the horizons of this experience only to Jews, even Rabbi Akiva in Perkyavos Paragimal Mishnah Yadalid reminds us Chaviv Adam Shenivra B'Tselem. Every person has a Tselem, including a Gentile. Everyone has that divine image, intelligence, cognition, creativity, emotion, speech, intellect, freedom of choice, whatever it is that separates us as human beings. Of course, he doesn't blur the lines between Gentile and Jew. He then concludes by reminding us, We are selected. We do enjoy a unique relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a unique historical redemptive status. And asserting and affirming the unique selected stature of a Jew doesn't necessarily demand negating the Gentile. 
On the same token, universalizing our interest to Gentiles shouldn't blur the difference between Jew and Gentile. A lot of people today sort of have that challenge on either side. Some are more universalist in their orientation. They have a difficult time with the notion of selection. It sounds racist and tribal. The other hand, people are very um, intense and arduous or passionate about their Jewish identity and their commitment to the Jewish experience. And sometimes their concern and interest in the broader universal um, human experience becomes um, eroded. And Rabbi Kiva was trying to maintain that calibration between Chaviv Adam Shaniv Rabbi Tzalem. Everyone is desirable and precious to HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of their divine image. Chaviv and Yisrael Shenikru Vanim. So when Chazal speak about a lover of humanity and a lave tov, that's certainly, even in the absence of recognizing Tzalem Elokim, Tzalem Elokim lends almost a theological component. They recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's gift and delivery to every person, and I try to respect that and replenish it when it suffers. Whereas, Oives Amrios is not a theological component, but a more existential and emotional one. To love people, to embrace them, to respect them, to be kind to them, even if they don't fall within the natural orbit of Torah and of mitzvahs, of Yehavta the Recha Kamocha, even if they're Gentiles, even if they're cut off, um, detached from the world of Torah, Ahoves Amrios. So this is the trait of Leif Tov, basic human decency, virtue, integrity, purity, yashrus, kindness, and Rehachim ben Zakkai acknowledged that Rehachim ben Arach, his statement was the most important and also the most seminal. It was the most important and was also the one that could sort of serve as that template, Shem Bechlal Devrechem Devarav. Shem Bechlal Devarav Devrechem, excuse me. Because your statements are all incorporated in his and his character and his feature can serve as an entrance or can yield all of your desirous virtues.